This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Spartan 117. Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. Anthony and Skyler will take it from here. Master Chief, out. Hello and welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. I'm Skylar Sokol. I'm Anthony Nicolosi. And what are we doing today, Anthony? Today we are welcome, welcoming the utmost legendary of men, Joe Winter, solo indie developer on Song of Iron, which is coming to Steam and Xbox August 31st. All of you people who are in chat right now, especially, and if you're listening right now, please go to Steam, wishlist the game, and please, if you are a cool person, purchase it as well when it comes out. You would really make, you'd be my friend, and I'm sure Joe would appreciate it. I think even if you're not cool, Joe would appreciate if you purchase it. Yeah, hey, whatever. Um, yes, Joe, welcome Joe. So we've, uh, go ahead and introduce yourself before I like talk. <laughs> hey guys. Uh, thanks for having me. First of all, it's awesome to be on. It's always fun to talk song of iron and games or whatever we're going to, whatever we're going to get into. And it's always a good time. Uh, yes. yeah, my name is Joe winter. I'm, uh, the creator of song of iron. It's a project I've been working on for about two years now, but other than that, I've been an animator for 15 years almost in the industry, and uh, I love games, and I like making them, and I finally decided to just make my own instead of making other people's, which I had been doing for a long time. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, the very first thing I wanted to ask you was along those lines. Um, yeah. Uh, for those who somehow don't know who are listening right now, um, just because we've shouted it out so much, you hooligans. Uh, Joe previously worked at 343, 343 Industries on, for sure, Halo 5. Did you touch mm-hmm. Halo 4? I didn't I didn't touch Halo 4. I came in a year and a half before 5 released, and okay. and then, yeah, it was on Infinite for four or so years. Oh, shit. Okay. Oh, Basically, sweet. as soon as we moved over, I was there. I see. Oh, awesome. And, and when right. did you leave 343? Uh, at the end of the year, like d- literally December 31st, I think. Was 2020. 2019. 20, 2020. 2020. So oh, like just eight shit. months ago, basically. Yeah, yeah pretty yeah. much. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> extremely interesting. Um, the first question I had was, you know, how did how did this start? Did you quit AAA to go to, you know, was Song of Iron um, t- something you started after leaving AAA, or is it something you started on the side while working at 343 and then left? I think that answers our question, right? Like, yeah, it started, it started while I was working at 343. Um, honestly, it was just like, I wanted to mess around in Unreal and I've been making games for so long. I like playing games and making games is all kind of blends together. And I was like, I want to mess with this. This is fun. This is a new kind of path of things. And I was making a game that was never going to get finished. It was a big open world shooter or something. And I was just, just messing around and I had so much fun that I was, but I knew I was never going to be able to do it. And I was like, I need to make something I can actually finish. This is really fun. And so I gave myself a bunch of limitations so that it wouldn't kind of get blown out of proportion. And uh song of iron was born. I'm guessing okay. one of those limitations was the, was the like locked 2d 
sort of gameplay. Yeah, style, it was right? yes. Yeah, side scroller was one of them that helped a ton. Uh, no multiplayer whatsoever helped a ton because that's a massive engineering right. thing. That and I am not an engineer. Um, timeline like time length like runtime was was set pretty low like i was looking at journey and inside which is like hour and a half yeah, yeah. pretty quick once you've played it a few times but maybe three hours if you're like really being casual about it so that's kind of where i'm at I actually a few people have played through the whole way now for song of iron and it's it's like an hour longer than i expected which is a wonderful <laughs> surprise you know but uh and then uh, what was the other stuff? That was that was about it. It was kind of that core like side scroller, no multiplayer, short. That's awesome. And then I I just went for it. Yeah. So overall, I guess my question because it comes out like literally in a week, right? So yeah, how long did it? The one week. That's amazing. <laughs> that congr- uh, that's yeah, that's so cool. So how long did it take you overall to make the game? Uh, it'll be just over two years, I okay. think. I started in July of 2019, pretty much. And yeah, so we're like a month and a half past that or whatever. Right. And I'm very curious too. Yeah. So when do you feel like, when did it, when did you finish it? Like, is it, is it finished now? Is this a bad, is this uh, a bad question? <laughs> no. it, it is gold. It did go gold. Yeah, it just went gold. Right? Yeah, but uh, that, you can gold. still get that day zero patch after it goes gold. I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So gold happened. I mean, I announced it Saturday, but I mean, gold, it's like the gold build went through certifications across mm-hmm. the, the platforms um, like a week ago. And that, and then, I, but I'm still trying to get one more build through. Uh-huh. Um, so, like, I was I'm literally working on it all day today. Yeah. So, um, sorry. What I is the, what go is ahead. gold then? Right. Like, gold basically means like this is a shippable build. Like, if it goes out, I'm okay. But I still want to. You like you. Everybody knows, right? You can work on something forever if you let yourself keep touching and tweaking little details. So, the gold build is doable. Few things I wanted to fix. So I spent you know the last week trying to touch those up and submitted that one like literally 20 minutes ago or something and so i'm waiting hopefully that goes through it's all clean and everything's fine but that's so interesting is it also the first build that you've had like go through cert all the way no no i've gone through clean a few times now okay um yeah it was with that like i had done it once for the demo i did in in uh december uh with the game award show and mm-hmm. I was in the festival for that. So I had gone through the cert process with them and, you know, understood how scary it was. And so I went in really early this time. And so I like got one through and I was like happy. So I waited a few weeks and then I started doing kind of like a weekly cert. That's okay. Kind of submission just to that be like, sense. okay, maybe this one will be good enough. This one. And then I'm like <laughs> tweaking a long way. Hopefully I'm not driving them crazy. That'd be the worst thing. Yeah. Um, but the game's short enough. It's you know, it's not like them trying to test like Assassin's Creed or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> Cyberpunk. I'm curious that I, before we go out, like I, I know we're about we're gonna wax philosophical. We're gonna get real, real <laughs> wide. But before we do that, I, I just want to ask a few more another Son of Iron question. That's okay, Anthony. Before we, yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I know. If we don't talk about Halo at some point in this podcast, Anthony will never forgive me. So we got to save time for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Uh, when so you made the game you're solo producing the game right so how did the if it only got finished on saturday how did the sort of like release date planning work out with that whole cycle like how long ago did you know the release date and how did you how did you work to finish it for that like how how was that pressure i wish there was an easy answer to it there really (laughs) there really isn't i mean i for a really long time i was shooting for june 
Um, and as I kind of got into the new year, I was like, I don't know, you know, based on my trajectory, um, I should probably push it out. And then I was going for July and I just at some point I realized, like, let's just go. Actually, I wanted to do September, like a week later than it is now. And there was just a good lineup with Xbox. So I pulled it one more week back. And um, it's always like this unknown, especially being the only person, because, you know, like if I got sick for three days, that's literally just like, boom, zero production for three days. Right. It's not like there's five people or 100 people working on it right. and you just like smooth out that time like it literally goes from you know 100 to zero in an instant and um so it was scary and then as i as i was getting closer and closer i did kind of keep adjusting and i was i was basically in constant communication i held off announcing an actual day for kind of as long as i could and then once once i was in that like okay the game is kind of done it's all polished now minus bugs i'm fine we we can announce the day and, and I can just bowl through whatever I run into at this point, um, which I announced like a month and a half ahead. I think that was probably the longest ahead I wanted to announce. And um, just the way things lined up, it was a good time. So that sounds terrifying. Right. Well, and I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> absolutely, absolutely Seriously. terrifying. <laughs> now, even though you only announced like a release like a month and a half before, your like marketing strategy very much involves showing the game for like a very long time, right? Like you were, yeah. you wanted to show the game constantly. It seemed like, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I I think the first video I posted was in July of 2019. I mean, that's the best way I can market as I look back and I look at that and that. And maybe I worked on it for like two or three weeks before that, like at the beginning of July. And then I think I posted the first video at the end. And it's just, you know, I part of the journey was like learning and trying to share that. I had a lot of industry experience, but not necessarily like coding and doing all these other parts I, I didn't do. And so I could I knew the right questions to ask, but I didn't always know how to do the thing. So it was a really fun kind of process. And it was nice to try to share that with people a little bit. And in the last few months, it's been like way more marketing and less discovery. But I hope to get back to the more education stuff, too, at some point. But yeah, uh, yeah the animation videos that you've put up oh, over the last couple of years. I mean, they are so as a person who knows nothing about animation, like they are extremely educational. And I think you oh, delivered awesome. the content. It's like great pacing. I don't like it's not like a fucking like two hour video. Like, <laughs> like you know, like. It, yeah there, i mean there's somebody out there and anybody who's like trying to make stuff has found them right and it's like oof, right. man okay i want to know how to do this one thing but this video is 12 minutes long don't know where that thing is <laughs> right. and so at first i was trying to do these like one minute videos and that was a little tough but those animation ones i think ended up being like three to seven or something yeah. and They're really it feels like pretty, like five ish minutes yeah 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 i want to i want to get back to that i think that's super fun um, and it'll be great once I move on to the next next game and get back into that discovery process to start doing more of that again. But the one, so we had we had um, oh my gosh I'm Alex Bing I'm like totally spacing his name there for a second. He's an animator for, at People Can Fly. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Previously and he worked he on Dauntless the, before that. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, and he was talking to us about um, some animation stuff. He was talking to us about the poses, the importance of the poses. And then I watched oh, yours. Yeah. One of yours with um, there's the antic, there's the mm -hmm. shit. I don't remember the second one, and no. then I think the last one is the retract. Like maybe uh -huh. so maybe it's like antic, like delivery or something, and then there's like the you're going back on it. Yeah. One, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the it's the antic, the hit, 
and then the the recovery phase. Uh, recovery. That was, that was close. Damn. That was close. Yeah, you had the idea. Yeah. Yeah, those but are like, you know, watching yeah. your sil like seeing your silhouettes and then watching you do it. That was cool. That's cool as shit. I mean, even no if problem. like for you who are listening right now in chat on stream, if you're listening to this right now on audio, you should know that we, we live stream these every Monday on Twitch <laughs> at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And that's who we're talking to right now. But if you're listening, um, go to the Song of Iron YouTube. Like legitimately, I think it's just entertaining to watch, even if you're just kind of – if. If you're just interested in the general notion of how games are made or whatever, I think you'll find Joe's videos really interesting. You don't need to be an, an animator expert to like enjoy them. So, uh, yeah, they were really cool. And then the, the like the watching the guy melee or whatever. I mean, makes sense, but like the the animations are so good. I think that's yeah, something that comes through in the polish. You're sure. you're like you're as you're artistic i think composition is the appropriate word here like the way you use colors the way you use tell me if this is true i know it's a side scroller but limited space right so like you have like you have a plane where the gameplay is happening but shit comes from the back plane too like it's yeah it's yeah, yeah. background i guess yeah like, i mean uh, it minus that it's you're technically held like the players held on the 2d kind of side scrolling plane the world is built like an open world, almost 3D right. game. Right. There's foreground um, and background elements. Foreground, right? background. Yeah. Enemies are just hanging out in all three spaces, and then they just will come to fight you in your line of fire and mm -hmm. and all that. And and that was just sort of a sort of a happy accident in a way. It was like this is how an environment looks, so I'll just build it the way it looks in real life, and then. Mm -hmm. And then I'll just run it from there. And it, it just worked. And then once that happened, it was like, what if I put guys real close to the camera? That'd look cool. It's like, well, all right. And then instantly you're, you're we're right where we where the game ended up. Yeah. And it just kind of felt it feels so obvious. You know, I'm now, an uncultured so. gamer. OK, let me <laughs> to be clear. But it strikes me as very unique. Like I I thought it was pretty interesting watching some gameplay videos of how like attacks and different inter interactions occurred. You leveraging the. I'm calling it limited space because there's like these planes and there's these yeah. movements. But anyway, I think it's cool. It's very yeah, good. Uh, in combination with your animations, what I want to say is like, it just like feels so freaking polished, you know, like, yeah, thank so, you very so, much. So nice. Yeah. It's funny. Um, I mean, I, I feel like all of the animations are at like maybe 40%. Like it was one of those things where I, because like, that's my, my you mean thing like I'm good at. You of your true potential? Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> well, it's just, it's one of those things where like, I can do that quickly. So it's like quickly do the animations and then work on the really hard thing that's hard for me. Sure. And um, given, you know, my, my hope for like game two is way more time on the art and animation side. Now that I understand this other stuff so much better and I, it can go so much further and I, I can't wait for that, but I, I'm glad they come through. Some of the earlier ones are are better than that, but um, well, you should see uh, us yeah. animate. <laughs> I, I literally for the last I mean, week, I went I for, I, the last week I literally spent trying to edit a pre-can animation we already had to like move the left arm slightly to the left, and it was like the hardest thing I've ever done in Unreal Engine. It's so. not that easy. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like the left <laughs> clavicle. I like just move the arm over. I don't care about <laughs> like which clavicle I'm moving. <laughs> Use the layer. Uh, we might have to talk okay. afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, to, not to get too technical, but I am curious. So we have this philosophy, at least with our game development, to try mm -hmm. and do everything we can in C++ as much as possible, mostly to try and uh, 
maintain like replicability and not use do a lot of code reuse, which is something that happens a lot with blueprint. I'm just curious how much because the game's at unreal. So I'm just curious how much blueprint versus code did you use? And what was your philosophy on that? 100% blueprint. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was one of the reasons the game exists at all is blueprint. Um, I'm an animator. I've scripted before, but I've never coded anything. And I don't know where that, I don't even know where that line like gets drawn really, but um, I've, yeah, I don't know. I just hadn't done it basically. Yeah. I, I understood it a little bit, but I could never type code out. It just doesn't work for my brain. Well, and, and so C++ I just, is like one of the most intimidating programming languages is, to jump into if you're not familiar yeah. with programs. Yeah, like I've, I've been able to like go sledgehammer through some scripts and like understand something like, okay, this kind of right, right, says right, right. something. And then, you know, yeah. but C++, like you're saying, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I, think, <laughs> I well, do not know what's happening. So I did all Blueprint. And um, at first I was doing it the worst way. And the the longer I spent with it, the more I understood. Like, I didn't know what an array was when I started. You know, I didn't know what, like, these very simple concepts of code were. And as I learned them, I started using them. And I'm sure I'm using them wrong in a lot of places. But, like, let's see. Yeah, it's been a process. No, well, that's a cool thing about these yeah. visual scripting languages. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we, we have this conversation because – it's so you you talked about like how you do the animations first and then you focus on the hard stuff and for us it's like the coding part's easy and the yeah, fucking yeah. like art <laughs> stuff is like yeah. the hardest We're shit. Like, our gameplay yeah. our gameplay is so fun. Why does our game still look like crap? Yeah, <laughs> You're like man, this is so good to play, but fuck, can we put an animation <laughs> in this game? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I <laughs> like I I I think that is uh, such a cool thing about these visual scripting languages is because like like i we said before we're software engineers we work with technical people and other software engineers all the time we don't like we don't have artists at our job you know we don't have animators at our job and like uh and the fact that the engine enables people like that to be able to make a game is like is super cool right, right. and yeah. um yeah we yeah so yeah, it's gonna it's gonna make you the want. next it's gonna make the next five years and and beyond like really cool. I mean, we it feels like a lot of the indie scene that's come and I I don't have numbers to back this up, but like we've had such a programmer heavy indie scene for a really long time mm -hmm. um, because you know an artist the biggest barrier is the code really because mm -hmm. you can have programmer art right if you need right. to to make something, <laughs> but an animator can't have like. Yeah. artist code right <laughs> and that's yeah. not a term that exists right. except but for now, now yeah, blueprint it. it is yeah and so i think we're going to see more and more of these like you know single person or really small studio games and they're going to keep being better and better it's really exciting i mean unreal 5 is going to be crazy like i it, it'll be crazy yeah. what games come out of unreal 5 yeah gonna be even more yeah wukong that new stuff uh, that came uh, of course yeah, shit. Yeah. yeah i mean, agree that yeah. i don't think that's a small studio but <laughs> it, it started the when they announced last year i think it was like 30 people okay so it wasn't not wasn't huge each. but right but not one I'm person sure bigger. yeah right one <laughs> yeah unreal i mean that's what we there's no way the game we want to make uh, that agora like could be what it is if we didn't have unreal right like yeah. there's yeah. no way yeah like, I, I don't think like two three person one person teams 
to even exist without you know you know like, how long it would take me existing. to make a good lighting engine right. you know just the fucking lighting you know it would take forever right uh, it would take me to make a lighting engine. Yeah, right, 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 exactly. <laughs> exactly, yeah. 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 I mean, this brings up an interesting question since we're here. Like, um, what do you think, right? So with the increasing com- commoditization of technology in the game-making space, what's going to differentiate these small studios as, as, uh, as the technology continues to empower them, you know? Yeah, it's a good question. I think – I mean I, – it's always going to come down to creativity. And in the end, that will always show through no matter, you know, if everybody can make a game that looks the exact same um, or it looks equally good. Say, right, 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 um, right, right. This the stories, the creativity, the interest, like, that's still really hard. I mean, a weird example that's like off the top of my head is like books have looked the same forever, but like good authors always rise to the top. Right. Like those books, those stories, those things always still like make it and games will be the exact same way. Um, being able to do it more efficiently or more people having access to it will only show off more people that have that, that creativity and that kind of, I don't know, game talent. Mm -hmm. Um, but it won't let anybody make a game if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting when everyone's fucking making Wukong, you know, and like (laughs) everything looks amazing. And, uh, yeah, I I think that's exciting. That's exciting a lot. It's super exciting. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's like we, there's the hyper realism is great and it's like flashy, but it's not always the best thing. I mean, like I still like, I love Wind Waker as example, and it's totally the opposite direction. And like, there's so much you can get away with, with those styles and, it's just so cool and like unreal will do those things really well also but um that yep. will take creativity because it won't right. come out of the right. mega scan asset library but. well to, to be honest it was something mega scans is like blow your mind awesome you know it's so okay. amazing but it is one thing i thought is like we're all going to have games in these fucking awesome looking deserts, man. <laughs> like, and, and right, so yeah. the unique art styles are going to be, um, uh, are, are going to become even maybe greater selling points, you know, right. um, yeah, totally. maybe even from like a triple a perspective, really, I think unique art styles will start mattering more. Cause I think the indie space is really like already is very much filled with unique art styles. And that's always been like a cornerstone <laughs> of indie games. But as people in the indie space can make triple a looking games, triple a studios will have to find, ways to innovate that aren't just like we have better technology than you yeah yeah it's gonna be crazy it's gonna like yeah five years it'll be wild i mean like the big studios will still be able to out content create right in right. Dev and stuff right and they'll they'll we'll start recognizing more and more of like the mega scan library in the indie games most likely but in these you know full big studios will just go and make their own mega scan libraries right, and, right. but in the end you know it'll start to blow right? you'll start to, well, i don't know this mm-hmm. rock looks like a perfect one. great <laughs> move on <laughs> right um, this all looks like real work i mean yeah the ue5 stuff that some people have already captured like there's this one on like they're on a shore with the rocks uh i don't remember what fidelity with uh, because yeah. of nanite and stuff and i'm like holy fuck if you didn't tell me that this was fake i would like sincerely believe that segment right there was real it's crazy yeah. you know yeah it's it's exciting yeah. Yeah. it's really cool but it's you know it's it again it, it'll end up coming down to like gameplay game, yep. you know yep. stories and and it, it it'll finally well i mean we've been doing it in games for a while but 
It'll give more opportunity for more artsy games that aren't just like murder simulators and stuff. Obviously, there's tons more than just that now, but it just, we're just going to get more and more yep. breadth of, of art and not just art game. You know what I mean? Right. I think that's awesome. Very exciting stuff. Oh, and holy schmoly, will the man waltz in oh, chat hey, saying <laughs> he also he believes the worlds will also get bigger or more complex, um, yeah. which, yeah, for sure. Um, I think uh, where the scene takes like some of the like I just I just retweeted the other day, this person in unity doing this crazy, insane, procedurally generated like monster with eyeballs where like every time it stepped, it generated like five new eyeballs on a string from the center of the monster in that direction. So it was like all these eyeballs coming at you. And I was like, holy shit. That, I mean, anyway, that's, that's not necessarily a more complex (laughs) world, but like, (laughs) but it's um, cool eyeball monster. (laughs) Yeah. I'm excited for these, uh, bigger, more complex. I mean, we ask one thing that's been very interesting when we ask our, our community on Instagram, especially where we have a little larger pool to work with, like what they value in games, what experiences they're looking for in games, et cetera, et cetera. One of the ones on one hand, we'll ask some questions about like, are you looking for what's more important story or a good story or good multiplayer and surprisingly story wins, you know? Mm-hmm. And then we, and we have like fucking rocket league and halo, people, right, right. You know, right. multiplayer heavy people, uh, mm-hmm. franchises, you know, communities. Right. Yeah, that's um, awesome. yeah. and so that surprises, halo but then story, right. You don't. I mean, that's what a Halo is all about to me. It's like my Halo is the story. No, me too. And then, and then it's multiplayer. Second, the way I say, I always say is the for me Halo campaigns are the mean potatoes, and then the multiplayer yeah. is the yeah. super ass long dessert. You know, like yeah. kind of thing. Um, yeah. But in regarding the more bigger, more complex worlds, we ask people like, okay, so then would you what like what do are when you are looking for a game, are you looking do do you like that a game offers you like hundreds of hours, like the, it takes, it requires almost hundreds of hours to really get everything it offers out of it, you know, or, you know, do you just want a few hours and they'll be like, yeah, I want a huge, just like multi hundred hour game. And you're like, you said you like story and then you like this, you know, yeah. so just yeah. to say, um, to, to Will's point, like as the worlds get larger, more complex, it'll be interesting how they, meet the demands of the market, right? I think uh, a really good example of that, honestly, is Valheim, if you guys have played that one. Um, uh, watch kind of, like, people blew play. up over the summer. I, they did such a good job creating this mystery about the world that you discovered along the way. It wasn't just like, you know, it wasn't some story traditionally, but the story that we created along the way, and, and I was playing with Will, funny enough, the man himself um we created the story along the way and it was this amazing adventure we went on and you know it it didn't need them to build the story they just gave us these like tools to create it for ourselves Mm -hmm. and it that's also that game is a great example of where we can see stuff going i mean it's like super minecraft in a certain way and i mean Mm -hmm. they they they're in like pre-launch you know one right zero point one or something you know that their thing was and 
I, we will see more of that stuff, and I, I'm so excited. That game is so good. And I just want more of it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I told you, I'm super uncultured. I, with the little bit amount of time I have to play games, I'm always like, I'm going to jump into Halo or Rocket League, and those are my only options, that. you know? Like. I, I feel that right now. I mean, I've, I'm staying away from new stuff. It's like, I go, I, and Rocket League and uh, League of Legends, honestly. Oh, nice. Like, yeah. My, oh, okay. My fallbacks okay. right now. I'm always out I here just like. Comfort. I'm just like jumping into random, like two hour long indie games all the time is how I. <laughs> I yeah, Skylar's. Thank God we have Skylar. Speaking of, speaking of the, I, I, I saw a beautiful irony in you talking about like games being murder simulators, but also like we want more art in games. And I was thinking about 12 minutes, which I've been playing recently, which is literally like a murder simulator that's meant to be like art. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I mean, yeah. I just, yeah, I can't wait to play all those games. I've got this list of things to hit when I'm done, but. My mind can't take it right now. I got you. <laughs> yeah, no spoilers, Skylar. Will okay. says in chat. I, 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 I've not gone very far. I couldn't even give you good spoilers, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> that game is very hard. I'm surprised. I was surprised that difficult. Anyway, speaking of speaking of games, we like. I am very curious. Like, do you have a top top few favorite games? Like, maybe your top five favorite, top three, whatever you whatever you want to muster. I'm just very curious. What? Sure. Yeah. yeah what, I, that's, Man, those those things are the hardest. I think the ones that always pop to the top of my head, um, Ocarina of Time, I think it's a cla- I mean, it's classically one of the best games ever made. Everybody knows it. But I that was the first game that I started like overplaying it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. I would just go, What's in the corner of this polygon? I just like was just crawling through that game mm-hmm. and I was just absorbing this information. And so I, I could just never forget that game. I could probably draw you pixel per pixel like you know <laughs> maps of it and wow. stuff uh, what's so the biggest fish you ever caught do you remember oh my gosh i i did the thing where you'd like get you'd go out on the float shoes and then drop with the heavy ones oh, so you get the real big guy in the middle i forget the weights but i, I not big enough but it was pretty good i think <laughs> never never big enough uh, never big enough right um <laughs> Shadow of the Colossus is easily one of the best games I've ever played. I mean, that one's right up there. I take a ton of inspiration from that in weird ways, just they, the way they tell their story without telling a story and world building and stuff. And um, I, I'd be lying if I didn't say League of Legends, which is a weird thing, but just the sheer amount of hours they put into it, it kind of like default has to go on the list. It's such a great sport in a way. And I think those are rare in games that it's so so well so good so watchable and and yet so playable and and that crosses over really well um halo early halos definitely are in that in like shooter camp of things that i just love and then maybe daisy probably okay. hits that top five list and that's like a weird one velheim's probably in there with it because both really good but daisy just opened my mind to a different way that games can exist and uh very excited for more of those to come out whenever that happens and people stop making bad versions of it and start when, when people, good yeah i think i think battle royale sort of co-opted daisy right and then okay. yeah. yeah and i loved i loved PUBG in the beginning uh-huh. and then they lost their way and it's so unfortunate um <laughs> I, uh, it was so good. I can respect your League of Legends love. I've been playing. I've played Dota since like Warcraft three, the Frozen Throne when I was like yeah. 13. So I, I'm a big MOBA, yeah. MOBA fan cool. as well. <laughs> yeah, they're really they're so good. They're, they're such, such good games. And yeah, so bad. <laughs> Anthony's bad at them. <laughs> now, now, Joe, I have a question. Like yeah. we're kind of talking about the AAA world a little bit. I want to yeah. ask you 
I have a lot of questions regarding the difference between the two worlds that sure. you have now experienced. Because sure. we often discuss on the podcast that one benefit that we perceive indie studios to have over their AAA counterparts is that they have less creative impediments which like in regards to design especially which mm -hmm. often leads them to landing on like a more novel and pure design do you agree with that yeah totally i actually i describe it as like the purity of an idea all the time and like how the, the less people the the more pure the idea can main, be, be, be maintained mm -hmm. um at the AAA studios i've worked at you know, you have a, a director who then talks to his directors and then those directors talk to the producers and they and you get this long telephone. And obviously there's like checks to make sure and the, you know, the, the people who should know are coming by and all. But it's so hard for them to keep up with it. Just inevitably you lose something along the way. Right. And then you and get then also, cyberpunk on PS4, right? Well, that's like, you know, that's like a technical issue. I'm sure, I'm sure no, I, like we heard devs and they were screaming and that happens too, right? And and those people who are above and who don't understand how to make the game but are making decisions don't always believe you when you're, because because they're they get used to experts wanting the best thing for their department, but not necessarily mm. seeing it as a whole. And then they stop believing everything we say. And then all of a sudden you have cyberpunk right? right which is like the worst version of the catastrophe in a way right 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 um, yeah when you have, yeah and then it you know you it gets worse with something like halo which is a beloved 20 year old franchise so if you know i you could poll 100 people what's the most important thing and best part of yeah, Halo? And you'll get 100 answers <laughs> right and so you you're in a studio who's got the pressure of the world on you and inside the studio you you, you you're just a studio. lot of humans yeah that's going to cause problems yeah. yes and yes. someone says we want to make this thing better right and i go well i know how much I love that part of Halo. We can make it better. And they're like, oh, we didn't mean better like that. We meant like this. You know what I mean? And it's like, and that's what we find because they have a vision and they're trying to make a coherent vision, but I'm translating it differently because I have all this pre-knowledge and stuff. And it is it, like, from that perspective, it's a nightmare. And then you just, then you start adding overhead to double check. So you have all these production and producers and meetings and blah, blah, blah. And so, the time you're making the game slowly lowers and the time you're talking about making the game slowly increases. And Interesting. Oh, that's really yeah. interesting. I, yeah, that I can totally like envision that. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of what one benefit we have of our where we work right now is that generally speaking, the teams are actually pretty small. It's like a lot of small teams that ship yeah. a lot of products. This is, that, like this a lot is of like our small, full time software development job. Yeah, not for our full time our software studio, job. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, we are not a big team at our game studio. <laughs> um, three. It's us two and then one more, and we are all part-time. <laughs> nice. Yeah. As, as much part, yes, as much part-time <laughs> as possible. Um, so anyway, I can yeah, I can just imagine what the some of the like bureaucracy kind of stuff that gets messed up in there that like slows down the process and yeah. all that. Yeah. And it's all it's all done with good intention, right? That, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing to like. It, it sounds so like evil corporation. And it's hard as fuck to get a lot it, of humans to do one thing. Like exactly. I, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you you inevitably have to rely on people to to do it, and so 
and you, if you don't, you don't want to micromanage them. And so it's just this, it's just yeah. cat and mouse game and uh, it can be very difficult. I can tell. Yeah, sure. Okay. Thank you for that insight. Cause one thing I was wondering what you think, but like as an indie, you have sort of like total creative autonomy, right? Yeah. And on one hand, maybe that's really compelling. I can make whatever I want, but on the other yeah. hand, maybe that's terrifying because you can make whatever you want, you know? And like we yeah. had a small conversation beforehand of like, I still am not sure if people are going to like this thing I'm making, you know, you have perfect, you have total creative autonomy. Will anyone like what you're making? I don't know what, uh, what, what are some of the pros and cons you see of that? Like trade-off you're in a triple a studio. They are telling you exactly right. what like, to make, make almost. Make this right? guy's arm move up and down. And you're like, got it boss. Yeah. Based <laughs> yeah, off yeah, of right. what Alex was telling us from no people can fly. It kind of sounded like there are some maybe like animations they throw at him where it was, um, he had autonomy on how to make him, if you will, yeah. like freedom on how to do some stuff. But otherwise, it's like I can't remember what he told I mean, us. But even like a lot still, of like, it's like a constrained experience, though. Even in the even in the creative like realm, right? You're just making one small creative decision. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. yeah like, so what, how does what that, what's that struggle like for you? Yeah. Yeah. For so for the indie side of things, it's terrifying because you just don't you don't have anything to check against. I mean, you can. That's why testing is important. It's good to have a chunk of friends who you can send stuff to and bounce it off of. But but still, like my day to day, there's no one like sitting here to like just wheel over quick, look at a thing and confirm or deny what my like if my idea has any validity. Right, to right, it. right, right. So there's yeah, a total fear factor of of like, is this idea clean and good? And you just really have to trust yourself. And um, part of it, part of why I think I've done okay so far is that I just have the, the experience of the industry. And so I, I've already made a bunch of mistakes in various ways or seen mistakes made in departments that I'm not necessarily a part of. And so I've tried my best to avoid them or to make a system that doesn't even include that thing. So I, so I can't make a mistake if it doesn't exist. And like multiplayer being one of right. those things. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's just terrifying. And I, I really spent a lot of time actually when things were more fresh and I was always having fun playing because it was, you know, not so burnt out on it or whatever telling myself that this is a good idea. And so the current version of myself, I'm like, I'm working for, you know, one year ago, Joe right now. And I'm doing right. what he said because, <laughs> because I don't, I can't trust my current opinion on it because I've just played it too much. And so whenever I get, I'm in doubt, I'm like, I decided this was good a year ago. So we're just going with it and we're going to trust that person. Well, that's interesting. How do you, okay. Cause one thing we are really, um, that we try and prioritize are like these regular play tests with like mm -hmm. a small group of yeah. testers to get some feedback. And holy crap, if you look at the first build of our game we ever put in front of play testers after the third one, which is the most recent one we did and we're working towards the fourth, whatever, it's like, holy shit, this is so much better. And like, yeah. I, 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 uh, I fear what would have happened if we would have made a whole game around one before getting feedback. You have been posting regularly and in your videos, you've talked about how like, the feedback you've gotten from those videos has helped you iterate on some ideas. Is that been posting to social media, posting the game out in the wild? Has that been the main way you've tried to like validate Your some main, of like, old Joe's ideas? Or whatever? Yeah, it was definitely in the beginning. Um, I think some of the like the earliest posts, just the responses, and I was just kind of surprised how excited people were about it. That just sort of felt like, oh, this was there's actually something here. Like I've got a core concept that. I should flush out because there's 
interest in the unknown of what I've shown, right? And then um, I, I had sent it to friends at one point when it was getting more of like, okay, this is a real game. People can play it. Let's see what they think. And then they, like I had them, they would record the screen and actually talk. And I just had them like speak as like everything they thought as they went through it, just say it out loud. Um, one of my buddies had their, their okay. younger son play it and do the same thing. And it was just, it, it's, it's this issue you have where you know the solution to the puzzle. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard to pretend that you don't. And they will come into an area and go, they have absolutely no clue what to do. And you're like, can't you see that giant blue thing <laughs> yeah. that's with an arrow? And they're like, what's that? I don't, I didn't even see that. And you're like, gosh, like you have to right. trust that they are, no one is seeing it, even though you know, and you've made it right. so clear to yourself. And so there, that helps so much when people go and see something for the first time. And, and a few of those later, I understood what people were seeing, what people weren't. And then I was able to, fairly confidently put that stuff through the rest of the game. And then I've had them check again since then and like to confirm that that worked. And um, I also have, I've done two demos and those helped immensely, both just sort of like mass test for bugs is <laughs> not the best way to do it, but here at 20,000 people are playing all of a sudden. Right, right, right. <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> hey, cool. <laughs> Everybody is having this problem or whatever. Okay, <laughs> right, right. I'll definitely, I'll definitely fix that. People just you know, through like I mean, Steam. That was just like through um, a playtest build on Steam, or the first one was uh, this crazy. I was super like not ready for it, but Jeff Keeley tweeted like, "What indie games should I have at the Game Award show?" And one of the people, one of my Twitter followers was like, Song of Iron. And then Jeff Keeley misses me. He's like, can you have a demo ready? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, sure. It was like two months before. The, and I, I was like, yeah, man, I can do it. And I just like insert not sleeping for a month while I like got it ready and figured out how to get it onto Xbox for the first time and went through certification like total madness. But because of that and xbox like made a thing about it and they had a whole pay i was like front page on mm -hmm. the store for that for, for the thing and something like 20 something something in that realm of numbers like there's many people played it and downloaded it and then steam included in that and so i just got this monster chunk of feedback from feedback. people and <laughs> and it was awesome and it was generally received well but there was definitely issues and i've tried to solve them along the way and then i ran an official closed beta and I invited like a hundred people from my discord community and they were like, I was like, just go for it. And they would play through like 30 times, like the early chunks and like just ground into bugs and we're jumping off cliffs. They shouldn't have gotten to and all these like <laughs> way more buggy, like you should be able to get there. Like, How right. you get yeah. there? Tell me all about it. And so, and then again, that was the same thing where they only played a little bit more than what the demo was, but um like the new demo and they found so much stuff i was then able to take that and just look through the rest of the game and play the way that they were playing understanding that people like moved slower than i did that constantly they were moving backwards and i wasn't expecting that and then that just let me i then just found all those bugs for the most part um and then the recent steam fest or next fest that steam did mm -hmm. was like the third version and it's different bugs every time, but it's less and less severe and so on. And so that's that, awesome. Yeah. Really. Cool. I cannot, I'm like stressed out thinking about the, how you went about like pouring through that feedback and capturing that. 
<laughs> it's it's you, scary. I mean, it's you look like, surprisingly well slept for the amount of work I think you probably have been doing. Like, yeah, I, I don't need as much anymore. I've grown myself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, I hope I can get there. <laughs> Skyler keeps trying to get me to sleep more. Yeah. Anyway, so okay, related <laughs> related to um, that previous question, how? How important was the creative autonomy freedom in your decision to go indie? It was a huge part of it. I mean, honestly, um, part of the thing to even start the project was like, you know, you're always having these studios, you're always having ideas, you're trying to like pitch them and like, wouldn't it be better if we did it this way? And then when you they don't do it, you're like, yeah, I think I still think it was a better idea. You're like, it was better to do it that it. way, but all right, I guess I guess we'll go with your idea. You know, disagree and commit. Whatever, <laughs> I'll do it. We'll do it. I mean, I don't know all the parts. It's fine. I just uh, a big part of it was like, can't are all these concepts and ideas that I think people are misunderstanding actually good ones? And so I wanted to try it and see if. Um, I was just barking up a tree this whole time and justifiably being ignored or if people should listen to me. more. <laughs> and so, you know, insert starting your own project. And it's, it's so much different than any game I've made. And so I'm not like proving someone wrong or anything like that, but it was just like, can I do this? Like, am I on the right path? And, um, and then just, I just love making stuff. And so that was part of it too. So. Oh, with you. So you, you just mentioned this, like, am I on the right path in your, you have this video. I encourage anyone who's interested in game development, which apparently is quite a few of you in chat. You guys are all posting your like text games you've been making recently. Oh, but anyway, okay. there is this, um, there's a video that Joe posts about like the first year of development, I want to say, and how he got noticed by Xbox, I think is the name of the title. It's Skyler. If we, I, one of us will find the link and we'll drop it in the chat, but like, there's a moment where you talk about that for like a month you didn't do development. And I just finished reading Creativity Inc. Um, it's written by Edwin Catmull. He is the co-founder of Pixar. And it's a fucking phenomenal book. Super interesting regarding creative process. But there's this one part where he's talking about like moving through the sort of ambiguity and terrifyingness of really creating anything totally new and how – there's a moment a lot of times in these creative projects where it's kind of like this analogy of a of a long tunnel where when you start going through the tunnel, you have the light from behind you. And then when you're close to the end of the tunnel, you see you're seeing the light at the end. But there's this middle section where it's just pure black, you know, and you can't see behind behind or in front of you. And about uh, and, and, you know, he talks all about like what what it's like for leaders to move through those creative <laughs> anxieties, if you will, to the end. Yeah. Like, is that what you were feeling that month or was it, is it a little different? And, and how I did think, you, how did you get through it too? I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, th that's actually a great way to look at it. I think mine's a little different, but that definitely is like relatable in that, you know, it's, you feel great moving forward for a little bit and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, it's real. Like, I don't know what the heck, right. what's going on anymore. For me, it was a little bit more like if you start drawing a picture and you're like, I want to draw a cat and you draw some eyes, few ears, you're like, that's a cat. And you can either stop there knowing that you did it and then but you're never going to show anybody this terrible cat drawing, you know, that you spent 30, like 30 minutes or 30 seconds on. But if you wanted to be like a concept artist, you got to go way further, right? Like way, way further. And I think in some ways I got to a point where I was like, yeah, I can draw cats. Uh and I was like, maybe that's enough. And I was really busy. So 
you know, it was just hard to do both things to keep drawing cats, but like, <laughs> I'll let the analogy die. But yeah, I, I mean, that was I an, I, I'm assuming yeah. you're kind of talking about that stage where it was Song of Iron was Viking. It was still, yeah, I was still just called Early. Viking then. Yeah. Um, all it was was like kind of this little strip of forest and just running around in it. But like, I had gotten some core combat. I was throwing axes at the time. I think I had a cave in there and I forget how far exactly, but this happened in like September and I right, only started in July. So it was pretty quickly. I was like, yeah, this is a cool little side scroller. Cool. I think I'm done. I don't know. But I was, I was super busy. I was running a D&D campaign. Um, work was getting really busy at the time. This is, you know, for, for Halo and stuff and just life was busy. So it was just so easy to stop working on this fourth tier thing of importance mm -hmm. and um and once you stop anything like that it only takes like two days and it's just like poof it's gone right it's out of your mind um luckily you know i had posted my first few posts so I, there was this little bit of obligation feeling i had so like it just like kept prickling I, mm -hmm. in my head a little bit um and i was it was having such a hard time trying to get back into it and so i think i talked about it in the video but i literally Gave myself this mission of one week. Just playing of, it. Of, of, not even. It was just like really double click the Unreal button every day this week. Like there were zero obligation pass opening the program. And naturally, the second the program's open, you're like, oh, you start futzing around and move some trees around and then close it. And then like just my brain started thinking about it again. And by the end of the week, like it was probably two days later. I mean, really, I was just like back into it completely. Mm. But it was so hard for that first thing. I was like, just open, just open Unreal. Like it was so hard, uh, which seems silly. But, you know, when you don't want to do it, it's hard. Absolutely. So. No, that's really cool that you were able to find a strategy like that, a technique that worked and actually like brought you back into it because. Yeah. yeah. Could you imagine? I mean, I'd be, I'd be a three for yeah. three still. I mean, right. Yeah. Uh, it was okay. So, uh, it kind of related to that. Um, do you feel like when you've got your cat drawing, okay, you started drawing yeah. your cat and then you start thinking about like, I'm going to make, when you, when you commit to the idea of I'm going to make that concept artist cat, you know, I'm going to make mm -hmm. that good thing. Do you feel like you've been able to, uh, see your vision out for song of iron to the end or that like the constraints on you by the reality of shipping this thing solo have somehow like hamstrung the full concept art cat you know it's 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 almost there and you're like are you satisfied with how far you were able to take it i think is really the main thing yeah i think yes yeah, it's, it's a tough one it's like now that i'm here and i know what i know i feel like it can be way better but if i were to show you like myself this six or eight months ago, I would be like, there's no way I'm getting, I'm doing all that stuff. Like, right. Right. And so it's this, you know, it's so easy in retrospect to, to want to, to have done more, but that's sort of one of the things I, like I was really good at for the prop for all of production was not adding all these unnecessary new ideas. Um, I luckily, I mean, the story is based on the campaign I was running at the time or I was part of for D and D. And oh, okay. so I had, okay. I had like a really solid story concept from the very beginning. I basically had kind of figured out a, a good way to storyboard it. I actually made like a miniature, uh, full game in unreal. I, it took you like, it was like a two minute run and you could run through the entire game in unreal. Mm. 
Um, and it was just like these tiny but little like levels. To test out the story. It was more to like map out the story. And interesting. Like, I was trying to like write a story, and I was having so much trouble with it. So I I started just drawing like drawing it. And I, mm-hmm. I drew I drew the arc of a story, which is like have a little bit of an interest and then then go up to the climax. Right, sure, sure. And that's, that's like literally what the game ge- uh, like geography does now. Like <laughs> you start flat, you have a little like initial, then you go up to the climax. But it was like this hilarious thing. And I was like, I should just make this an unreal. And then th- that just kind of gave me this framework, basically, to make that what could be a long story short. And it just gave me this framework to to build towards and i just never diverted from that i i made small adjustments along the way of course and you realize this is not working or the scales doesn't work but um again it was that like you have an idea trust that person who came up with it like it is good and and keep going i i wonder how man i i wonder how much I mean, do you think that your experience, I mean, you talked to about it a little bit, but your previous experience in the AAA industry and stuff gave you some confidence in old you? Because like, <laughs> our, if anything, our play tests have shown me like, damn, old me. I'm so happy new me exists because old me didn't know <laughs> shit, you know? like. Yeah, I think I think so a lot. I mean, I you know, the old me spent a lot of time making sure those things were good and now that I'm like, you know, hundreds of hours of playing it and making it, it's hard to know how good it feels to swing the axe. And so that that old me was a long period of time of testing and confirming and making sure with other people. But there's just, you know, the, I think a lot of people, I think, have trouble narrowing down their scope. And so they kind of let themselves fork off a lot. I I always like my my mental image of it is like you could you could choose to go in this direction and still branch a million times. But as long as you keep heading in that direction, it's going to make your life simpler. Like if you make a 90 degree turn at any point, then you're just opening yourself up to just like endless additions of things where you're like, Oh, Um, I guess maybe I will add multiplayer. And then, right. Like, yeah, terrible idea. Right. It's like (laughs) a new tree you're growing off the side and it doesn't work. But you know, like for me at some point I was like, I wanted a dragon. Like, do I get the dragon in or not? I was like, I really got to do the dragon. And so I like, you know, the dragon's there. The dragon isn't. I see him in the trailer. Sawyer spoilers. You you heard it. She's in the trailer. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yeah. It's so funny. I, 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 come up to Skylar during like, because we work in the same place. So I see him in real life. I walk up to him and I'll be like, I have this idea. And he's like, mm. <laughs> and he's like I have an idea for a level like, for the game, game. two, game two, like probably 95% of the time. It's like game two. Yeah. Yes. Scott, I know. I feel yes. Yeah. In check. Yeah. Okay. So I have some questions like surrounding the, the AAA versus indie life, right? Like sure. what the reality of that. So maybe the, the first one, uh, what's one thing that's undoubtedly better working in AAA than indie dev? Oh, like the the one that comes to mind right away is working with people that are not just myself. And I mean, three for three, for example, and I mean, most of the places I've worked, I've developed or just really had great friends there. And um, I'm always in the animation group and animators I've always gotten along with as one myself. And it's great to joke around, go to Friday lunches when that was a thing and and check your work and talk about it. And, you know, it's fun to talk about how to make something better and, and go through all that. And I really miss that thing. And if everything goes well, hopefully I could get a few people and turn this right. into like a small studio, not just a one man studio. And um, 
that's probably the thing I miss the most. And of course, resources and and it's nice to there is something nice about focusing on one thing and just making that one thing really good. And because I do most of it here or like all of it, I get spread out. And so I don't mm -hmm. I never get to do what I think is 100 percent. I never get to like really make this thing perfect. It's always like just good enough and then move on. And, you know, hopefully the whole mm -hmm. thing as to, you know, as one thing feels great. Um, and so there's, you know, there's that stuff, you know, it's like, I'm proud of this whole thing I've done, but I, it's hard to point to like a specific thing. That's like this the best thing I did in the game. Um, mm -hmm. And if that makes sense. I, I, it's I interesting. You. I didn't think that's what you were going to say. I thought you were going to say like, it's nice having a paycheck where <laughs> like, yeah, I, I mean, that's money. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, money. I don't have to like be scared of how my game will do. But, um, yeah, that anyway, that, that's I cool. That's Probably a fair one to put in there. That I try, try to I mean, ignore. Will and Will and says he sure. also misses Friday lunch. By the way, yeah. Yes. Oh man, it was good. Um, I'm curious. Did uh, this is sort of random and topical, but did like because I know during COVID, right? I'm assuming three four three moved to a more remote work environment and yeah, all of that. Completely. Did that play a role in like you sort of shifting to wanting to work on your game more just because you were like, like it was less enjoyable and around it more or something like that? Yeah, uh, I don't. It, it it gave me more opportunity to work on the game, but it does. It wasn't necessarily changing my perspective on it. I mean, like get rid of your commute both ways, and all of a sudden you have like you know yeah, two yeah. hours more free time in, in your day and stuff like that and um it was a it was a thing that very early on i thought was thinking about constantly and the initial plan lined up with the initial release date of halo and it was this great wonderful like finish this and then move on to this thing and gotcha. all that kind of went out the you know the window and, right um yeah it was just like it picked up so much steam and i felt you know pride in it and wanting to do it the right way but also like i wanted to give the people that were excited about it something that was worthy of that excitement and yes yeah, i mean it's just thousand cuts sort of right. situation no for sure. totally that makes sense um all right so cool. i got i got a random one for you a really random one that was not Let's a random one uh just you know, <laughs> a random interlude a palate cleanser before we move sure. back into the into the weeds uh, so my favorite thing to ask any human I meet, and I feel like it's a good way for me to like determine what kind of a person they are is, oh um, is what your favorite food is and what your favorite animal is. This doesn't have to be a specific dish. It can be like a genre of food or whatever, but, but it does have to yeah. be a specific animal. It can't be a genre of it. No, <laughs> a genre of animals. Are there genres? I, I don't know. Uh, what is wrong with answering dinosaurs? Right now? Yeah. <laughs> if if you say dinosaurs, you better have a favorite specific dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> I like a T-Rex. <laughs> no, um, favorite animal, man. I mean, it's probably got to be huskies because that's okay. the dog I've got. And uh, they're amazing and he's awesome. Uh, so I'll go with huskies for that. Uh -huh. That's like an impossible question to know. <laughs> it depends <laughs> on the situation. Uh, food, man. If you get one left, I'm... Chicago style pizza. Oh, uh oh, that might be foreshadowing for a later <laughs> question we'll be asking you about the podcast. But, uh, yeah, it is the finale either. of questions here. Yeah, no, that's tough. A but, Chicago okay. style pizza. I mean, do you have a favorite Chicago style pizza place? Uh, Lou Malnati's probably. Lou like is really good. Yeah. There was a there was a little one in the hometown that that wasn't a chain. Uh, it was called like Leonardo's or something. Uh, 
that was the best one, but okay. it's gone. Are you are you from Illinois originally? Yeah, the the burbs of Chicago. Okay, okay. My my yeah. father's side of the family is all in Illinois. Oh, Chicago awesome! Area, so I've been I there a lot. Yeah. Awesome. Um. Anyway, that's great. Okay. Yeah. The verdict is those are good answers. Um. Good. <laughs> the only people I, I want to know people, so bad what like bad answers would bad, be. Like, bad bad answers. Person, bad <laughs> answers are when people say I don't know and then don't answer. Oh, <laughs> that, okay. that's basically okay. the only bad answer. You don't have enough of soul to like answer that question. To, to kind of a problem. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Animals. I don't care. Uh, food. You know, <laughs> right. probably this Whatever. fine calamari. Food. I had, yeah. French fries. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe. Now flipping back. You said what was the best part about working in AAA versus indie, but what's the verse, best part yeah. of working indie versus AAA? Remote, no commute, you can work in your underwear. Like, what What would you say? Oh, man, I it's there is something amazing about creation and like discovery and learning. And I do so much of that on the indie side. I, you know, making whatever I want is one thing, but like figuring out how to make it is the thing that's the most satisfying about it. Where it's like you get this problem and there's like the Internet can help with tutorials, but you've got to kind of mm -hmm. figure it out and then make it the thing you actually want it to be. That is the coolest feeling that I think there is. And um, that's a huge part of why I'm doing this now instead of just animating or whatever. And um, it's awesome. And then just. Sharing all that stuff with people, I think, is great. And making something that I want to make, it's just, it's hard to beat. It's really hard to beat. That, okay. That's dope. I, yeah, I agree. I think it's, yeah. I, I, it's hard, to, to, hard to like describe that feeling, right? But you know no, it when you do it. And it's just like, oh my gosh, I figured this out. <laughs> we talk a lot about between us um, the intrinsic motivation factor, the IMF, mm. as we call it. And like, it is so hard to work our normal jobs when the IMF relative to like the indie studio experience yeah. is fucking, it's like 100% over in the game. And then it's like, yeah. it feels like zero, you know, full time, just because the things you just said are so like, I don't know. It's so exciting, you know? So, and it's yeah, so it's rewarding so to like see progress. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then, you know, you, you know, like at a studio, you don't get to like post everything you work on. They, people just see the final product, mm. but I post like, now oh, here's an idea. And then people give me feedback or I'll just like, Hey, here's a stupid thing I did. And people like to see it and it's fun. And it's fun to share that kind of experience. And that's, you get a little bit of that missing the coworkers thing by just showing mm -hmm. people whatever stupid thing you right, did right. or broke or whatever. And, um, but that's part of the experience, you know, it's like this growth you don't get to share that in AAA. So. Well, okay. I was going subsequently going to ask, what's the worst part of working at AAA? The thing you uh, personally felt like was your least favorite thing. If, yeah, it's tough. I think the hardest part. It's hard to say it's the worst part because maybe sure. it gives it the wrong the connotation. Is, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the hardest part is feeling like a, a big mistake is being made and that you have the answer. It's not that you always do, but it's like. Mm -hmm. You're the way you see it, like it feels like there's this huge mistake and you're like, you feel like you're screaming and no one's listening to you and and or like no one believes you or something. And that they all have their own understanding of what's going on. So they're doing their best. But that can be a very big struggle. And that the longer I was in the, the big studio world, the more and more I was feeling that. Because I then had I had all this back experience of like no I've seen this not work before it's like please listen right to me. right 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 um, and that became a, a pretty big struggle and I, you know I'm I'm wrong is more times than I'm right with those things yeah 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 
probably, but it's just like, it becomes hard. And, and that's like, again, I kind of like I was saying, it's like, are my ideas good? Let's go and do it. Right. It right. Out. Yeah. Let's, let's see. Yeah. Okay. Well, what's the worst part? Do you, th- what's your, the hardest part, your least favorite thing about being indie in your opinion? In, indie is definitely the most stressful version of it. And, de- and especially probably my first time through this where, you know, from day to day, especially as I get closer to launch, I mean, there was, I kind of joked maybe a few weeks ago about like, should I just delete this game and like run away? Will that be better than, <laughs> would that have, a, like, will I be safer emotionally than if I were to release this and it to go all horribly wrong? Um, so that is not the best, but there's sort of like, I'm like paying that forward by making, doing, putting all this stress into this game. And hopefully that gives me sort of the experience and the maturity for follow-up games to go solo with it, if that makes sense, or like Mm -hmm, be mm -hmm. so affected, who knows, but that'd be great. Um, And then also there's this side of things that you don't necessarily want to do. We kind of talked about like business side and I have like a, I have a lawyer now who like reads all these con these contracts and they're terrifying. And I feel like I'm going to commit fraud or, or someone's (laughs) going to take all my money or something, you know, like, Feel that there, yeah. there's all of this crazy world that just feels so shady, and it's how it works because it's. But it, yeah, it's gives me the, <laughs> gives me the shivers because it's like, well, you don't want to like, you know, it's like, what if I if I release it in this country? Did I need to do something? Right? Sure. Is the country is the country going to sue me? I don't, I don't think so. Like they, no one's, but. It's just the stress of the unknown that yeah. most of it's fun I, when it's discovery, but all the other stuff, it's like oof, terrifying. I check the studio mail like every week. And when I go there, every time I'm waiting for the fucking like 40 K IRS bill for some mm-hmm. shit. Like I didn't realize, yeah. you know, seeing, yeah. What? Seeing a mail addressed to the studio is like, <laughs> oh, oh, please don't be something. <laughs> oh yeah. It's like, oh shit. Like I don't yeah. even open it. I'm the sp- yeah, I have to like wait until I'm okay. Emotionally stable at home to be able to open it. Yes, it's stressful. Okay, I have yeah, some fun little small Halo questions for you because let's do it. Welcome to the Halo fucking, section of the podcast. It's, let's it's go. Cr- I like you know <laughs> in 2018, I actually had a resume like all set to go to send to 343, and sort of in uh, right before I applied for a software engineer, I think it was like for tools development or something, okay. a, uh, engineering job. I was like. You know, with between my wife and I, we just didn't want to relocate to Washington. And that was the thing, the main thing that drove it. Right. But like, shit, Halo has been is my favorite gaming franchise. It has been since it came out and it has subsequently had a big part of me not playing anything else. Mostly (laughs) (laughs) just really hooked on that thing. So, you know, the idea of like uh, your animation reel um, showing some of the Halo Five accessories oh, is like yeah. so badass. First of all, I, <laughs> I'm trying the backbreaker one. I think the one where you like drop them on your knee definitely was rolling with that one for a while. It's you know, like I usually like sweat too hard and I turn at assassinations off. But while I was still grinding for him, I had him always on and I was breaking <laughs> yeah. everyone's backs. And that's, that's awesome. like Love it. how cool is that? Like to like play Halo and like something you made in it. You know, those the assassinations are like one of the top things to work on on it for animation. It's just like, this is just like go ham on this animation. It's all your own little world. You can do whatever you want. Just make it awesome and not too gruesome. And, and, and they are you know. awesome. God, and they're super cool. fun. Yeah. I mean, we went pretty crazy on five compared to where the previous right. ones had gone, yeah. but it was super, I mean, it was fun. We just sort of went all in on it and um, it is awesome to, it's, it's this weird thing. It's like, anytime you see behind the curtain, 
you lose a little bit of the magic of a thing, but being able to uh, add to that thing and then see other people um, have the experience, it sort of all makes up for it. And it's, it is seriously one of the, one of the best things. Um, yeah. It's hard to explain. I mean, it's just like, you're, you're, you're kind of like sacrificing a little bit of yourself to, and giving it away to people Interesting. A, to be very like, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. no, I had it. I had a question about but, that. Like yeah. how did working at three, four, three impact you? Like the way you perceived halo, like, uh, maybe more as a player of Halo from that perspective. I mean, you yeah, kind of I, already answered that, but yeah, no, I mean like working on five, I was still pure fan by the end of it and like played a ton of five played, you know, as much as I could, went through the campaign a few times, all that kind of stuff. It, it got harder when I moved on to the next one and it became like a five year time working on it versus like a year and a half or so. And it, you get a little bit more jaded, I guess, cause you see, you mm-hmm. see all the drummy behind the scenes work and all the tricks and all the fakes and all this kind of stuff. And, um, but it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's an awesome experience initially. And then, and then you start to kind of like sacrifice your love for the thing as from a player side to give that out and like put that into the game so that other people can, hopefully keep loving the franchise and stuff. And that's really interesting. Um, it's never, it's not that you don't like it. It's just that you know too much, right? It's yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, I feel it, like yeah. I perceive halo now more just that we've been doing this. I'm sorry. I feel like I perceive it differently now, just that now that we're doing game development than before in a way that maybe I could describe to some extent, like the magic is lost a little mm-hmm. bit. Right. Yeah. Like, cause you, you know the reality of like a little of what was went into making it and mm-hmm. what where the limitations are maybe or something like that. Oh, I, I can't help now, but be like, oh, that wall texture is kind of I don't like that. I don't. That's <laughs> yeah, not a great see, wall right. texture. You yeah. look at it differently. Yeah, I mean that's like animation for me. Like that's the first thing I notice in anything. So it's just like, ooh, that that's not real. <laughs> like that looks so bad or whatever. That's not even that it's bad. It's just that I can really notice it. So now my brain just like whatever was going on over right. here, it's gone. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. super focused. Um, right. And that's just that's just games or any sort of entertainment media. I can see that stuff now. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a weird kind of balance to be in. Yeah. No, I. Makes sense. Um, now, I'm curious. I've got a Halo related question. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, We're yeah. staying on the theme. Yeah. Uh, how, you sort of alluded to this earlier, but I'm just curious. Like, how I know that the delaying of the Halo game messed up your like personal timeline for sure. But just like, how did the, how did that feel when that was announced to you guys? I don't know how it was like re- revealed to you, and I don't know if you can even talk about that. But you don't have to. But just how did it feel for you when that happened? What was it like to have a game you had spent so long working on get delayed? Was it like a relief, or was it like, yeah? How did it feel? Yeah, it's um, it, you know, it's it's always like mixed emotions. I think you start making plans for your life when you have a thing that's like a four-year project, and you're like, oh, <laughs> we're almost done. Uh, regardless of how you feel about the product at the time, you're like, it's almost over or whatever. <laughs> right. But it was a huge relief because you know, I you're in the trenches and you you know, and some people don't want to believe it, and so they kind of fight the that, and they think it's still going to be okay, and telling them it's not, and and or whatever it might be. I know like cyberpunk, the devs came out and were like, we were, we were telling them and they didn't believe us. Um, I understand that feeling. And, you know, sometimes you're wrong. Cause you, again, you want your stuff to be perfect, but it was definitely the right choice. And so regardless of how you f- 
you know, what you wanted to happen. It, they made the right choice with that. And you're happy about it because it, the last thing I wanted was to like have a half baked thing come out. And then I don't, then you don't want to, if people hated it, you don't want to be like, Hey, I worked on that. And then right, people are right, like, right. yeah, well, right. you worked on the worst one or whatever, you know, whatever, however it ends up being perceived or like, you know, it's like, Oh, three, four, three at it again, you know, but right. No. Um, so it's the right choice. And in the end, I think when those things happen, it's better. And there's some limit you can have on that, but. Yeah, I was I was happy about it. It was like awesome. a, this needed didn't need to happen. Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, the last question I had on this front was: Now that you've experienced both worlds, you're about to release your solo indie dev game. Like, do you? It, I you've you've kind of already answered this, but like, do you have any inkling like of wanting to return to AAA? Would you return to AAA, and under like what circumstances? No matter what, you go in indie from here on out, or yeah, I don't think. I mean, it, colossal failure next week. Potentially, there's no option, and we're going back to AAA. Sure, sure, sure. Right. But, um, I don't think so. I can't imagine it. I mean, honestly, I'm having so much fun doing a lot of the pieces and putting together my own brainchild and all that stuff that it would be bizarre at the best to like go back and just work on one yep. character animating. It would feel really weird. But um, so, no plans. I, the, the version is maybe I'm done of done running the business, but like I'm some director at a smaller studio or something like mm -hmm. that. Like maybe, but that's such a kind of fantasy world. That I don't even know what that looks like. Cool. cool. Yeah. For, for now, it's all indie. And I've got, I've talked about Song of Iron being a trilogy. So I've got plans to move right on to part two after this. So. Okay. Part two going to be in UE5. If uh, if I mean I, I assume they're ready for it. If some there's games kind of being announced, like officially yeah. going to be in it. I don't know what their timelines are, but I mean I assume they're close enough. So yeah, uh, I think I'm, they said early 2022 yeah. is yeah. Uh, like, like spring of 2022. Of yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, we learned the other day that the all, the new builds of Unreal, like 4.27 and beyond, are not compatible with the early release of UE5, though. So if you want to make oh, it, because because they like moved yeah. past it. So if you want to work in UE5 early release, you're like committed to that one build until the official release comes out. Looks so. like UE5 is oh, kind God. of on a branch, yeah, right yeah. now that is not necessarily getting everything they're rolling into UE4. Oh, Although they, they did say that by the time right. UE5 is full, it'll have it will roll. Almost everything's safe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah, they said they, all uh, UE4 projects will go to UE5 once okay. it's officially released. Yeah. Don't worry. Don't yeah, worry. We, were, we were worried as well. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. yeah. Side note, Joe, is that something you prioritize? Like, one thing we've intentionally tried to stay away from is like modifying Unreal Engine so that we can roll with updates, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a few plugins, but not too many. There's one that I'm really excited to get rid of. Uh, when this is all said and done that, you know, it's like, it's working, but it's a mistake and got to get out of it. But, uh, I won't name it for the sake of no, it's, yeah, it's, it's not, it's, it's not fine, their it's fault. Uh, it's just me and not, you know, wanting control of things, but, um, but yeah, I, I've tried to keep it pretty slim, uh, as far as that kind of stuff. And, and a lot of, you know, anything I got, it was like more of like, I'm going to break this and figure out how it's working so I can better understand the ue4 system and then make my own version of it or something hmm. assuming it was a blueprint one and um and that was like educational stuff but yeah i mean ue5 very excited about it i think yeah. it's it's everything i want in an engine so i can't wait 
have you have you ever I, I have a friend who uh, who used to be a sound engineer and moved to developing his own game as well sort of a similar mm-hmm. path to you but he was a, he was in sound but he um he showed me the other day his like he because his whole game is in blueprint and like for us awesome. I've never seen it I've, I don't look at games that are fully blueprint, so he like zoomed out in like the main screen and I saw like the blueprint web and I was like oh my have you ever done that in your yeah. game is it no 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 <laughs> <laughs> I and are all really pretty. Will 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 tell you if he's still in the chat. Like he kind of is like, how do you keep her so clean? Um, I I think I just kind of like figured out really early, and I'd seen enough Reddit posts of you know the the spaghetti web of blueprint stuff that I just never let it do that, and I I can't organizing and I understand. Will vouches like, for you. He says so tidy and yeah. Yes. <laughs> And yeah, just building references into things so that it could, you know, this could be its own little pockets of blueprints and mm-hmm. stuff. And Very luckily, good. I never fell into the mess. Yeah. <laughs> so do you have like, do you have like one blueprint where you're like, this is messy? That like the one that like you're like, I could never make this as tidy as I wanted. The <laughs> character blueprint is the like the main player blueprint is monster. I, 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 yeah, yeah, I can't it's, imagine. It's everything. Yeah. Uh, but even then it's just like these little folders basically <laughs> right. of like combat and climbing and this and stuff. And, but in the end, you know, I, you know, of course, as I like finished, it's like, how do you stop them from doing this, this, and this? And then you just have this big, you know, branch and it's like, as long as you're not, are you swimming? Are you doing this? Are you doing this? And then you, then you can go, go um, which is super dirty, but yeah. Hey, <laughs> Hey, you have a game coming out in a week on X on Xbox and steep. Hey, yeah that's awesome (laughs) that is so that is like yeah uh you just like knowing a little bit with like our experience right now it's like i i told i sent you a dm about this it's it is amazing that you worked in 343 like i've you know i gushed before but the real legendary achievement joe is like that you are pulling off song of iron by yourself also like you you made some really intelligent um uh, marketing decisions, I would say, like you talk about in your video, making sure your Steam page was up so that nicely when the Reddit post goes viral, there's a place to direct them to. One thing we always like, we, we talk about um, a lot is that we feel in a lot of ways, indie studios are so freaking creative. They're like, so they make these amazing things, but marketing's not, doesn't always seem to be on point there. And um, there's like this, there's this GDC talk. I can't remember the organization that does it, but they were showing like this, this sales charts and they like one axis was the, um, the review score and the other axis was like marketing dollars spent. And it was like, what has a greater effect on sales? And it was marketing dollars spent, marketing, right? Like, yeah. so, um, That's cool. anyway, like, yeah, that you've, you've just like, you, you, you're killing it, man. The Epic mega grant. <laughs> You explained like persevering on the Epic Mega Grant. Like that is not something that's like easy to do. Uh, Like, I mean, like it wasn't something you got immediate um, feedback on. It was something you applied to twice. The, I don't know, the perseverance involved with executing what you executed, I think is like extremely commendable, super cool. Thank you. Which is why like whoever is listening to this thing, you have got to wishlist Song of Iron. Please check it out. Like um, it's on Steam and Xbox. Correct. Yes. Yep. And um. Uh, and yes, you. Ha- oh my gosh! I just totally slapped the shit out of my desk. I'm sorry if that came through. <laughs> I. You have got to please check it out. I. I actually think it's. I'd never play side scrollers, but I'm going to be playing this one. I'm going to be streaming Song of Iron when it Welcome. comes out. 
So that's, yes. a, that's a common thing I hear. I hope it uh, lives up to all of the non side scroller, but I'll try it. Uh, people say yeah, I play I play a ton of side scrollers. So we have we have Anthony and I awesome. always have like very we're very on opposite sides when it comes to a lot of things. So we balance each other well. So that's yeah, awesome. we'll have a, a diverse opinion range for this kind of thing. <laughs> I'm curious. I already like the music. Sorry, go ahead, Anthony. I just say I already tell you right now. I liked the atmosphere of Song of Iron is like awesome. Like I love it, and so I'm gonna even even if I suck at the side scrolling and actual gameplay, I do want to throw the axe at that damn uh, big troll guy. I definitely want to do that. (laughs) Throw it at everybody. (laughs) And I was trying to pitch Joe. On the drunk Viking add-on, <laughs> uh, like the, the DLC, because like oh, yeah. yeah, you got to go to Song of Iron's YouTube. Uh, whoever's listening to this, go to the very first video Joe ever put there. It's like the first initial like ragdoll. Oh, the one, yeah, you like, said you were trying to make like a ragdoll yeah. gang beast style game instead. Yeah, yeah. Even a little bit, yeah. It was a little sillier. It was a little, you know. I just I just had this awesome vision of like you swinging an axe and it's getting like, stuck wow. in a shield, and then you having this like ragdoll pull it away, and that's didn't so, quite I, work out. Yeah, that's but, uh that's reminding me of um what's that game scholar party, party animals beast? which is party, party animals, animals which party. is like a, a the, the the modern gang beast basically yeah yeah it gives me that damn nice song of game, man. Yeah. song of iron party animals collab <laughs> i am down <laughs> um so i'm curious uh, this and you don't have to answer this if you can't but because I, I don't see your price anywhere on Steam. I was just going to ask how you oh, yeah. decide if you don't have to tell us what it is if you're not talking about. It, but I'm just curious how you decided. Was that a decision you made? Was that a decision you worked with Xbox on? Like, how did how did your pricing sort of come into play? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's going to be $19.99. It's on Xbox. It's going to be the same price. OK. Steam without the pre-order. I, don't, I mean, I guess I could just type it, but there's not oh, okay, like a, yeah. there's not like a gunning going to be price section mm-hmm. for Steam. True. Not, or I just haven't. No, I think it. you're right. Unless you can pre-order it, you can't see the price until yeah. the release. Yeah, yeah, I would have to like say it, um, which I could. Uh, but yeah, that was like one of the that was one of the hardest decisions because it's because you kind of you like go okay, super AAA games are sixty dollars or seventy. Seventy, yeah. And and then um, and you go well, you know, if you go by hours, you're never going to compete with like an Assassin's Creed game. Right. And then it, it just kind of it's just like pure chaos. And it the price went up in my mind over time. It was like five dollar game when it was going to be uh, half of what a, a quarter of what it is, and then I just I literally went up in these five dollar increments until I talked to Xbox a little bit and I got some advice from them, and they're like, you know, fifteen to twenty dollars, it doesn't matter. Like you don't see any significant change in the way people respond to that price. So I did the twenty, and there's a little bit of um, I'm sort of like it's like a it's like a one person tax, I guess I'm putting, I'm putting on it a little bit. It's like, this is custom made for you tax. And <laughs> no, it's like, shit. You, Song of you know Iron is I mean? totally. Yeah. If you would have done it less than 20, I would almost be mad at you. Like, honestly, uh, that, yeah. And I, I asked, uh, I had a, one of my Reddit posts that was doing well. I just like, people were asking me for the price and I was, then I just asked them right back and I said, I'm thinking this, what do you think? And they were all like, that's not enough. Like we need to respect indies more, which is like totally an amazing conversation for a Reddit post to have. 
And they were like, this should be $30. I was like, that sounds like a lot. (laughs) That's so So funny. Our chat right now, they're all saying, I would pay 60 to 70 for Song of Iron. I'd pay 40. I don't know if they were listening when we talked about the length, though, because a lot of our, I will say, we've asked a lot of questions. People are always like all about length when they decide on how much they're willing to pay for a game, which I'm over here like saying I would have paid like, you know, $100 for what remains of Edith Finch or whatever. But (laughs) yeah, I, you know, that's the thing like length. To some is necessary to some point, right? You don't want zero hours and pay sixty dollars. But yeah, I mean the, the game's like three to four hours, uh, solid. And there's a re- there's some reason to play a second time. Mm. And part of the shortness is that you can play again and like catch stuff that you missed the first time. There is like things to see that you could miss. It's not just a beat 'em up and then it's over kind of thing. There's and, and, you know, you pointed out the mood. The mood is a huge part of it. Like there is an experience to be had in Song of Iron that I think goes past just the throwing axes and stuff. And I hope people really enjoy it. It's like that's the thing that I'm making. It just happens to have combat and all this other stuff in it. Um, but, yeah, so that, you know, time kind of goes into play with that thought and not wanting and wanting to be successful. And, you know, it's like if I'm going to sell the smaller no, right. number, you have to go for a higher price. And yeah, it's, yeah. it's the most terrifying thing. Cause it's yeah. so, all, there's such a weird roadmap for it. I but. am so happy from an hour's perspective. I talk about it so much on the podcast, how I want more games that are like four hours. Like I can easily kind of play through it on a weekend thing. Yeah. I am not, I need to play a hundred hours no, before I like a game kind of a person. Yeah, those games to me are like you're playing that one for multiple weeks or months. And right. then in the middle of that, you play a couple little games and those games right, right. stick with you. Yep. Inside, you know, which is love, clearly I a huge inside. inspiration. I think inside like a clean run through is like an hour mm-hmm. long or something. I mean, it's like, but that game, the experience of the game is so incredible. Yeah. Limbo, but also Limbo as well. Limbo was that for me. Like that was one of the first indie yeah. games I ever played and it made such an yeah, impression on me. Same studio. I yeah, mean, they exactly. clearly learned from it and you don't want those games to overstay their welcome either. Cause there's, you know, like that thing, if you did that for another hour, you'd be like, okay. <laughs> right. And, um, and that's fine because sometimes like that makes an experience great. And so, yeah, I think there's something really good about that. So our chat is asking. And once again, if you can't answer this, that's fine. But they're curious if this will be on Game Pass or if there's any plans for that to be a thing. Uh, Game Pass, it's not at launch. That's not up to me necessarily. That's like a Game Pass is like an authored library. And so I'm very excited to be on it if they ever give me the call. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally want to be on it. Absolutely. Um, but not at launch, unfortunately, I see. Um, which maybe works, you know, if I, if I end up getting lucky and being included later, that might be the best of both worlds, right. you know, kind of get that second right. push because I can only shout so loud and, you know, my, my marketing platform is only so big. And so, you know, getting that second uh, wave would be awesome. Totally. That makes a lot of sense. Um, okay. So <laughs> Anthony, I think we are uh, we are approaching our time for you to the, ask the, 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 the question. question. All right, I just want to throw in my wife is in chat and she says I can honestly tell you she's definitely not a like sweaty Halo player. She's much more <laughs> casual and and is in it for the fun hard uh, good times. 
She says, I can honestly tell you that one of the things I was most hyped for when Halo 5 released was the assassinations. I will hide in West Armory for the entirety of a Warzone match just to pull off that sexy ass anim- assassination. <laughs> I love it. That's perfect. Hey. <laughs> Halo is made for lots of different people. That's a perfect right. way to play. Oh, wait. I have okay. I have to I have to ask. Sorry, before the one final. More, one more. That's uh, unfortunately, they were they said maybe assassinations aren't going to be there in Infinite uh, Launch. Are, is, are you saddened by that? Are you saddened? And for the team who does assassinations, I am very sad for the animators because uh, okay. I mean, on five, it, you know, we got towards the end and it was like, all right, everybody, here we go. And we did them all together. And it was just like, I'm going to do this stupid thing. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, it was, and it was like so fun. And um, so those are always kind of like the the cherry on the top of the project. I got gotcha. you. Uh, and so it's. We never, we ne- we never want to see him gone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that's unfortunate. Yeah, it's. I don't know the way they. I, I don't, I'm not trying to get any details. I'm just saying, like the way they phrased it is like maybe they would come back. So hopefully, for the animator's sake, hey, hopefully they come. Hopefully, back. yeah, hopefully. Awesome. All right, Joe. This okay, is I the question. This is the question. Okay, I and unfor- I think Anthony's, I already know the answer. Anthony's favorite question to ask. Yeah, I think I already know the answer. Yeah, we ask it to all of our guests. If you had to choose. We could have a surprise here, Skyler. You don't know. I will if be you very had to, surprised if that's the case. <laughs> if you had to choose one of these two foods, the other one never exists. Like, it never existed before. You never got to try it, and it will never mm-hmm. exist in the future. Okay? Okay. Would you choose pizza or burgers? So there's no burgers mean there's no cows in the world? That, that their cows still exist. It's just, uh, but maybe not. They probably wouldn't have been domesticated somehow our, as aggressively. Yeah, ev- somehow yeah. our evolutionary. Are you like, trying to take like the, the, the climate change pizza. approach to this question? Because like, he's going. I, I, I like that. <laughs> I have, I support right. that. He's answering pizza because it would help. It would reduce global warming because we'd have less cows. Well, oh, was, I, is that, that true? I missed that. Yeah, is that what you legit. said? There's yeah, less cows. Okay, okay. A- a- extra respectable. This is a good answer. Extra respectable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is great. Joe uh, Majin Titan says, you are literally my favorite guest, and Andre's oh, backing man. him up. <laughs> and Andre's in chat, and he's saying, he's saying, um, my wife, I will respect that, man. Can't handle that methane. It's funny. <laughs> Chat's got all kinds of stuff. Um, uh, Andre was ans- it was talking about before. He's like, shit, I only ever play Rocket League, but ever since I started listening to these podcasts, I've wishlisted Agora and Song of Iron. He's like, I got to check oh, out this game. Let's go. Right on, Andre. I'm That's glad awesome. you enjoyed it. Thank you, Joe, so yeah. much for joining us. Again, if you are still listening, please, please, please consider supporting Joe and um, buying straight up. Come on, guys. Song of Iron. And then at least, at least, please wish list. Um, it really helps out from an exposure perspective on the Steam store. Um, I'm I'm kind of thinking I want to play it on both, like PC and Xbox. I've got the freaking – I still have the old, like, 2013 Sunset Overdrive Xbox. So <laughs> – if you if you want some feedback on how it runs on the oh, potato yes. one, oh, yeah. let him know. <laughs> let him know. By the way, yeah, I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. <laughs> Unrelated, uh, not anyway. to distract our conclusion, but I did see a PS5 in person for the first time yesterday. Wow, I didn't see it in person. That shit is so big. Like I knew it was big, <laughs> but oh my god, I think it's taller than my PC. <laughs> it's wow. big. It's a big boy. That's so it's funny. Anyway, so funny. thank you so much. Uh, for coming on um we will be like doing everything we can to help support the yep. launch of song oh, of iron and uh we we hope 
wish for the best or hyped for Song of Iron 2, 3, and shit or freaking whatever it's UE5? called. Yeah, well, yeah, or, yeah you, right. is it going to have like a clever, like different musical term as the first word yeah. and then of iron or go <laughs> different elements? Like, uh, I've got uh, I've got ideas. I've got the names already. Oh, That's yeah. Wow. You already Actually, have nice. we would love to have you back just on a whole yeah. conversation about the marketing reasons for your sequel's name because <laughs> I have thought about this so much. I'm like, if we do a two, do we do Agora two? We already have some marketing momentum around Agora. <laughs> Like, do It'll we do probably, a two? Yeah, it's still Song of Iron. It's sort of Song of Iron uh, sub. So it probably ends up being Song of Iron 2 sub. You know what right. I mean? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but right. I got you. Right. Got to right get on. that brand recognition. Brand. Yep. Okay, well. Thank you so much, Joe. For those who are listening on the chat, we are going to be doing giveaways to celebrate this epic thing. Joe, you do not need to stay with us to do that. You have a game uh, but to make. Before this happens, we we should answer one patron question. Real oh, quick. that's true. The patrons, um, yes. I got one. I picked one. I think it'll be a fun one for Joe to answer as well. Um, so we'll go with this. We have we have a Patreon, and people who subscribe can submit questions, and we do one every podcast. So this one's from uh, uh, who is who is the Jedi got night guy. What's his actual name? Literal goddamn. Oh, literal goddamn X-wing. Yeah, uh, yeah that's his Discord <laughs> handle. Uh, <laughs> that's Dash Dash. Okay. That's Dash Dash. Dash Dash's question. Um, I'm skipping Rollick's question. We'll answer it next week because it's not a fun one for Joe. So this question is: Should boss fight music be exclusive to the fight, or should it be an epic or remixed version of a previously heard song or theme? Ooh. What do you think? Joe? I actually, I think Joe should. Yeah, it should be the second. I think music Ooh. can't be one off. You want to weave it all together and you're telling a story. So you don't want to just have a new thing that has no connection to anything else. So the soundtrack should be a nice flowing story, just like the game should be a nice flowing game, blah, blah, blah. So you, you want it to all cross over. Song of Iron, for example, has a melody that's basically in every song. We like characters have themes and then they have a like the fight version of the theme and blah blah blah. Oh, know, cool. Kind of I, I will tell you, I I agree with you completely, and that's my how I feel about music as well. But I watched a really interesting Austin Wintery uh I think it was Austin Wintery talking He's about awesome. video talking about The Last of Us 2 soundtrack and how like they had asked him to do music on it, but he had other things to do and just yeah. he talked about that sound because he talked about how the last of us two went with like a completely different approach not using this like themed musical thing and they have a lot more one-off music and all of that and he went into a really interesting like conversation even though he has the themed music philosophy as well about how this yeah. other one is so valuable and it like blew my mind about how i think about music for him to be like that's cool Yo, I actually, check that out. yeah it's cool i i have to i have to find it but yeah i was in an interview with him if i find it i'll shoot you a link yeah, that's awesome. He's, am, he's great. Yeah, he's cool. He yeah, went to my high school, so that's my claim. Oh, no way. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I I am such a huge fan of emotional equity in music, you know, like to rip the term off Marty O'Donnell, who made the Halo soundtracks. Like, it's just, it's so powerful. I mean, um, not only, not only as a narrative, like connective tissue, like a, a connective emotional tissue through the game, but like the way those experiences hang with you beyond the game, right? Like when you're mm -hmm. reflecting on the experiences, I I've said it before, the part of, and this could easily be the case for song of iron, like the, the part of the halo universe from a media perspective i engage with most is the soundtracks from an hours perspective mm -hmm. i have listened to the soundtrack way more than even the thousands of hours i've put into the game over the years right and like they they just 
form to you and kind of they're like this like capsule of moments when you played it you know and everything like that um and when when i don't know i just feel like generally in the games i've played where it is like a theme a, de- a variation on the theme or something like that it's just been more impactful than when it's been one off not to say yeah. it could maybe never be good one off or whatever in fact i'm thinking like one of my favorite boss fight music uh examples is final fantasy 7 which i do not think i think it is a one off i think just like out of nowhere it's like you know but like i but, sounds like a Halo one too. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like there, there was like a there's there's this difference too between having like a track that's that works together and then having like um, you know a one off riff within that thing that's sure. like this is the thing you remember this is the the melody chunk from this part but it's all part of this greater system right right, right. so um, okay well anyway um, thank you Joe so well. much so much for being yeah. on the podcast really appreciate it and yeah if you maybe if we if you ever want to come on again we'll always have you we can chat uh more about yeah, food fun. or more about video it games would be so cool want. to hear about post-launch like your experience that would yeah, be really cool it. yeah like after yeah. you sleep finally you know <laughs> yeah. and like. i don't think joe's gonna sleep he's gonna start on game two right away i see it i oh, see how well. excited he is to go to game two <laughs> Yeah, maybe a little, but yeah, no, that would be awesome. I mean, I love, it'd be super fun to like go deep into to how that all went. And yeah. And since you guys are working on one, you know, that's, there's some, you can get related. Oh on shit. That. We, that's I learned it so much already. Layers, yeah. animation <laughs> layers. <to> animation <laughs> layers. I side note before we leave, yeah. someone needs to like super compress my video for this whole thing. Cause my lighting has dynamically shifted. As the sun is <laughs> I think it's I'm cool. It looks so cool. I want to see the super fast forward. Version. Yes, <laughs> sir. Time lapse. Anthony anyway, will make an Instagram yeah. post of anyway, it. Yeah, right. I will. <laughs> taking a note right now. It's yeah, like, mine has changed too. It's over, but it's yeah. It's yeah, I noticed great. both of yours. Both of yours have really <laughs> changed. I turned my light on yeah. a while ago, but yeah, we. I can see I'm that. Committing to, I'm committing to sunlight only. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, yeah, Anthony. Thank you for having me, though, guys. It was really, it was super fun. I really appreciated it, Absolutely. and uh, all the pushing has been wonderful. So yeah, hopefully people. Awesome. We are. Not done game. pushing. <laughs> Anthony, are, where can yeah, people find the us? shit out of this thing? You can find us at koalaentertainment.com. There you have links to all of our social, social media, including most importantly, our Discord, where you can play an idol game that relates to the universe of Agora, our upcoming game. Oh my gosh, please, if you're listening to this, please wishlist Song of Iron and please wishlist Agora, our upcoming game. If we can hit five to 10,000 wishlists, I believe is the magic number. We can get on the popular upcoming Steam page, which would do numbers for helping us try to uh, hit our sales goals so that we can quit our full-time jobs and do this cool thing. You know, like, yeah. please help us in our quest. <laughs> and uh, if, um, you, if you heard about how the trailer got released through the ARG that was on the Discord, that's still there and it's still running. So if you want to, like, didn't participate in the ARG and want to solve it, you can't you can and if you have any questions just hit me up and i'll help you out yeah for those who are listening uh there was an arg that kind of got launched through this idle game and gosh it was a we'll, we'll have some content covering that in the future if you missed out and you want to know what happened it was a blast with the community and yeah culminated in the reveal trailer so fantastic thank you everyone for your support um please again wish list and check out song of iron august 31st steam and xbox thank you guys See for listening. Ya.